Hi everyone, I'm Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Dr. Kathy King and I want you to know you are important to us. We are thrilled that you're here with us today for another episode of Writing Works Wonders. Welcome to Writing Works Wonders. We're so pleased you're with us for another exciting episode. This week, we have an outstanding discussion with Jane Tolino and Cheryl McNeil Fisher about writing memoir. We know you'll enjoy today's lively event as we explore writing memoir with two authors. Watch out because there will be plenty of opportunity for audience participation as well. Get ready for another episode full of laughter, learning, and new ideas for readers and writers. So slip on your hula hoop and start spinning with your fellow bibliophiles at Writing Works Wonders. I'm Dr. Kathy King, and I'm so pleased to introduce you to my fabulous co-host, Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Do, 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 hula hoop. Hi, everybody. Hi, Kathy. And I have a fabulous co-host, too, the master of the universe, master of our web page. Before we get started, the prompt was to write your memoir in 50 or 60 or 75 words. <laughs> I thought I said 50, but Kathy said 75. So let's see what we got. And if you can do it while you're hula hooping, you get more points. First up, we have Marsha. Precious memories in the old homestead. On that porch, I and my brother inspired sing-alongs while he played guitar. To, the, to this day, a warm feeling comes to me with the association of the streetlights filtering through the leaves, making mottled patterns on the street. And there was Grandma in the platform rocker, basking in the old, happy melodies and lyrics, such as Sentimental Journey. Okay, that's it. Thank you, Marcia. Next up is Marlene. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Sounding out writing. Since I learned to sound out words, I knew I wanted to be a fiction writer. My grandfather taught me to sound out words before I went to kindergarten. I remember having trouble with the word magenta as I was giving it a hard G sound. I enjoyed making up adventures that my best friend and I would have at my grandparents' camp. This colorful dream skill and practice would come later, the end. Boy, so much packed in there. Excellent. We're going to give you all great news. Your prompt for next week will be preparing for the short story part two, and you will have 150 words for next week. <laughs> so we're letting you loose out into the universe to write your little hearts out. That's right. <laughs> It's our great pleasure at this time to introduce our listeners to our guest author, Jane Tolino. In 1947, Jane and her twin sister were placed in incubation immediately after birth. Too much oxygen was allowed to filter into their incubators, and both twins lost their eyesight. Her book, Blind Sight, Come and See, poignantly describes living with blindness in an often short-sighted world. Jane expounds on the spiritual, physical, 
mental, emotional, and social challenges of living blind. In addition, Jane has become a regular and valued participant of our Writing Works Wonders Zoom call. Welcome, Jane. We're so pleased you're with us and joining us on Center Stage today. And I worked on this prompt for a while, and I'll just tell you how I started it. I arrived in the world via the time-honored birth canal. More important than Panama or Suez, let me tell you. I chased after my twin sister, who's 20 minutes older, because I always had to follow her example or not. And that's as far as I got with my 50 words or less. But I loved the idea of the birth canal up against the Suez and the Panama Canal. Great imaging. When we think about memoir, it's generally identified as different from biography and autobiography because it's written primarily in the first person and usually has a series of essays or vignettes slash memories that are associated and somehow assembled into a collection. So those folks that took our writing prompt and developed several different responses, you have the essentials to be able to start collecting some of these vignettes or essays that could grow into a memoir. And that'll be part of what we talk a little bit today about. But Jane, your book is an exciting memoir because you share learning insights and experiences as an individual who grew up and navigated life with blindness. And my first question is, why did you write in general And why did you write your memoir, Blind Sight? Why did you decide to do that? One of the first reasons I think that each one of our senses is a voice. I think our minds are voices. I think our emotions, experiences are all voices. And I realized that sight-dependent world writes primarily from one point, and that's what they see. And now I look at my whole congregation of contributing voices and sometimes they're worse than congress because they're duking it out my emotions will say no no don't do that and my hearing will say oh it's just a four-lane highway you can cross that for me deciding to write was deciding to find a way to let all of my voices be recognized be respected be included and honored and to allow them to find a way to create the whole person that I am in the world, regardless of whether I have sight or not. So that was the first important reason. The second one was to set the world straight. I am not a super achiever. I am not a poor, poor, (laughs) pitiful me, but I am Jane with a full plate of life experience, et cetera, et cetera. So I wanted to say that blindness is a fact. It doesn't categorize me other than that it contributes to how I get where I am and how I do what I do. So I wanted to set the world straight about that little piece of business as much as I could. And I wanted to express gratitude toward the people who really have shaped uh, me. And so that was, that was what I was about. Writing memoir allows you to begin in the present. You might be handling a rock or a piece of driftwood or a bell or a water bottle or a hula hoop. And that, gives you pictures. You start writing from the present and move out into the world. As a child, I was a grabber. I had to handle everything. Oh, gimme, gimme, gimme was my proactive way to be. 
And over time, I've learned to let some of the world come to me and receive it. So that's all I want to say about memoir writing right now. I, I truly love it. You can start right here, right now, go backward, forward, around in circles. But then you have to really learn the difference between journaling and writing something you want to put out there. Cheryl, how would you distinguish journaling from memoir? It depends on what you're journaling, how you're journaling it. Because if you remember, Sharon last week talked about some of her daily writings she turned into books. And that's part of who she is, maybe not a memoir, but... Yes, because there are so many types of journals, but a lot of times people, when they think of journals, they think of writing down your intimate thoughts, your musings, your considerations, maybe things you're struggling with, your processing, etc. And that might not be in its raw form what you would put in a memoir. You might lift pieces or topics from there and put it in a form for public consumption, but it might, might not be straight from your journal into memoir. I'm not putting my journal information into a memoir. (laughs) (laughs) I think it'd be very interesting, Jane, for folks to know, what was your publishing process? You wrote your book, you went through that whole process of figuring out what order, blah, 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 all that, getting it edited. And then how did you get it to press and get it out there? How did that happen? I started asking people local to me in Minnesota who are good, solid, reliable, wonderful publishers who will not only walk you through the process, but who also will really press on to do good marketing and help you to do that. I did not want to publish it as an ebook. I really wanted the hands-on, here's a book, put it in your hands and read it. That was the work that I had to do. I had a couple of folks in my life, and still they are there, who are great researchers. And I asked for their input about what publishers to approach. Very good. Okay. So now we're going to have an opportunity to include Cheryl Moore in the discussion. And I just want to mention folks might not realize that are regular listeners that Cheryl has a book series. She's been very involved in memoir in several levels. But I think today we're going to be focusing more on her children's book series because it's an unusual take on memoir. And so, Cheryl, first of all, why did you decide that to write memoir, you'd go in the direction of children's books? This was very different to me when I first encountered, first of all, you, you're very (laughs) different. But I realized what those books were. And it's, it's a unique vehicle. Why did you decide to do that? I didn't plan on writing my memoir this way. I was encouraged to write a book about my guide dog and me. That was the best thing I've ever done because it opened up a world to speak and see and write through the eyes of children, through the eyes of a dog, and the communication between the dog and the person. It took the pressure out of the adult stuff. Through that, I've developed a series. It teaches how a guide dog team works, different commands in each book, as well as different adventures that we go on. The series is called The Adventure of a Guide Dog Team. It's easier writing it through childlike eyes. And did it maybe help you to eventually process it differently? Yes. We'll talk about the negativity and stuff that happened in their lives. For me and my sister, 
we want to focus on these fun times and they are memorable. Mm -hmm. My first book, playing in the house with a bushel of apples with a trolling baton, and I'm alive to tell you about it. We were kids. And so that's the joy of it. And the same with Cindy and Sammy. Yes, I run into these obstacles with people, places, but I'm putting that positive spin on it. I wanted to ask both of you. So I'll take Cheryl first. What might people include in their memoir? Cheryl, what would you suggest? What might people? I mean, I know it's wide open, but what are some of the things that you think about as far as categories? A theme. It's not your whole life story. For me, there's the themes of my sister and the different things we did or where we lived, what we were doing. With Cindy, Sammy, it's where we're going, what we're doing. It's about training. It's about the different commands. One of the best memoir writing theme pieces that came for me was because of the country singer who said, the song has a memory. Chrissy Yearwood, she mentioned that the song holds a memory, and I'm saying it wrong, but that comes to mind anyway. Mm -hmm. So Cheryl, you chose themes for each of your children's books. One series is the sisters, right? Mm -hmm. Sisters relationship and fun things that happened growing up. And and then the other series is you and the guide dog and how you interact in life. Right. Mm -hmm. And what it means to have a guide dog and What's that relationship, et cetera, et cetera. And I always Mm -hmm. put something in the book, how this book came about, where it came from, like the pool party that for, for Sammy's birthday, I tell them how I taught my own dog how to swim. You know, he was not a swimmer. (laughs) Excellent. So they know that it's not just fiction. Yeah. It's a little of both. So let's pull in here that other book that you did, Time Capsule. This was in... Uh, basically a set of interviews that you did with a much older woman. You wanted to capture her very rich life stories mm-hmm. and you put together a book about her life and you called it time capsule. How did you choose the topics there? Where did the choice come in? She remembered every single address. Some of the chapters start with an address. One is 77 Martindale Lane. The chapter before that leads into why they ended up on 77 Martindale Lane. And that was a way to keep the story going. And I started it with a note from me, a note from her, and then the great-grandparents coming over from Germany her parents. Then we moved to her. The whole premise through this was hope. So what I'm hearing is you did family history, started off with let's do this book together, the letters you and Mm -hmm. she wrote, family history, and then a chronology focusing on overcoming hurdles. I did a lot of research, background stuff on her family. Mm -hmm. So I was able to say which part of Germany they came from, One was a shoemaker, one was a gemstone cutter. And when her first time on her daddy's shoulders was the Thanksgiving Day Parade. But it was also the first time there was a big balloon, Felix the Cat. I put some of those little details in there. So I bring in some historical facts. The motto for her was her mother, the strength of her mother through everything. And then the strength of Denise, what she went through. That was a major Mm -hmm. theme, and then you organized it through this other, and you included Mm -hmm. some research to fill in gaps and provide Mm -hmm. context. 
I've learned so much by writing someone else's memoir. It has helped me in my own writing. It was just a joy to do. Excellent. Carol, I really appreciate you saying that. Um, looking at that a lot right now, there were two significant women in my life growing up, and I've begun to try to write them into being. Oh, boy. So here's to outlines. Here's to jiggling and juggling them. Learning how to write. Uh, in fewer rather than more words. My brother used to swear at me, get rid of all the adjectives and learning what our own, what, what the things that trip us up are. I find if I start using too many words, it's because I'm not sure about what I mean. So I go write a while somewhere else and then come back. And I, I like the phrase that you just used there too, Jane, write them into being. I really like that. That holds a lot of meaning for me. That That's a wonderful concept to hold on to for what you're trying to accomplish and what other people might connect with. So, folks, be thinking of this as we're finishing up. We want to ask you as well some questions and also allow you to ask questions of our panelists. So questions you have about memoir and writing and organizing things as well. Cheryl and Jane, you know, we talked a tiny bit. Some of you mentioned audience, but an audience in your life as you're sharing story. But when you're creating a book and getting ready to put it out there, why do authors need to identify an audience and how do they go about doing it? Why is it important to do that? And how do you go about doing it? Cheryl, we'll start with you. When I first started this adventure, I wasn't writing for an audience. I was writing to write. I was putting it together in a book. I wasn't sure exactly where we were going with it, what we were doing. I knew I would be able to use it at schools, not realizing how my life was going to change with these books. My dear friend, Allison, never got to see my book published, but it was something that she and I talked about for years. We were both keynote speakers. We were both highly respected. We were good at what we did. However, how did we go from one point to the other point of getting paid? And we used to say, we need to have a book. It's true because once I had my first book, suddenly I'm a published author. People were willing to pay me or we worked out where they pre-ordered books and I did book signings or both. The sister book, same thing. I wrote it for me, for my family, and now they're published. They're in a series and I'll continue them. I've had so many ideas of creating dolls that match the girls. You know me, I'm a marketer. But again, it depends on who you're writing for. If you're writing it for just your family, if you're writing it to be published, if you want to publish, who are you writing it for? Who's your audience? Who do you want to read your book? And why is your book different than all the other books out there? But I can't get too much into who, what's popular, who's doing what, because that's not who I am. Jane, how, when I think about audience, my sense of audience is simply people who have questions. It's mm -hmm. my job as a person who believes in curiosity to take their first question and move it into the larger world. I remember as a teacher of young children, remembering my own sister and me when we were little girls, and my sister could see well enough to color with her nose on the paper, looking, looking, looking. And the child said, ew, what's she doing? And the teacher said, oh, 
it's not, she, she just can't do it any differently. And I was so angry about that on my sister's behalf that when I was teaching young children and we got into some situations like that, that memory prompted me to say to the child who was worried, well, how about we go learn about this? What do you think that person is doing? Well, she's trying to color or whatever it was. Yeah, she is. Is she getting it done? Yes. Does she do it like you do? Mm-mm. Let's see what we can make of that. And so, so I believe in question askers. I don't care how old they are. And then I believe that my job as a listener and a conversationalist is to move that question into the larger world. So Jane, do you take that into either your memoir writing? You think you take yes. that same model in? Okay. Yes. All right. Yep. Okay. Do we have any hands, Chanel? Does anybody else want to chime in about audience and the role of audience in writing? All right. So first up, we have Calandra. And then after Calandra will be Peter. I have a take an interest in writing as a little girl. And I haven't written any memoirs except for a few stories that I've written on my life and such stories that were fantasy But I have a question. Outside of writing, what activities did you join or what schools did you go to to uh, help with your writing? I will just pipe up with a quick answer. The best teachers are your favorite books, the books you've read Mm -hmm. in your lifetime that show you who is there, what is there, how they did it, everything from hunting and gathering to some enchanted evening, wherever you want to go with it. Books are great teachers. Storytellers are great teachers. And then for me, some writing classes at the U of M, University of Minnesota, when I was there. How about you, Cheryl? Mine were books that I've read and how, um, and some of the most recent books. I remember one, my neighbor reading Amelia Bedelia little bit of mischief in there a little bit of this or that and I love having fun you know me I'm gonna have fun and even on the escalator the dog is smiling because it's a ride and he's having a grand old time and all of his <laughs> other guide dogs don't like the escalator but he does when I was ready to do Denise's memoir and put everything together I researched who had the best memoir And historically, the best memoir that kept coming up was the memoir by Grant. All I did was read the first couple of pages, and I knew how I was going to start Denise's because he talks about his mother. And then I knew I would start with her grandparents immigrating from Germany. Sometimes just a few pages. That's what research is about. Classes, but yeah, it's a lot of reading. The writer magazine, Calandra, it's on uh, NLS Talking Books, Bard. I have learned, oh my gosh, so much from that magazine throughout the years. It has articles about writing in Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. Next is Peter. Hey, Peter. Hey, hi. Thinking about back to when I wrote my memoir, it became clear to me that there are certain themes I wanted to address. I wanted to address the idea of how we can make things better for each other, especially in the business world since I spent a good chunk of time doing that. I want to talk about lessons I picked up as an organization behavior guy at getting uh, guide dogs. And there were just specific things that I wanted to address. And and so when I wrote my memoir, once it sort of came into focus, I was pretty careful to weed things out that weren't relevant to those themes that I wanted to write about. I do think the idea of, you know, if you're going to write a memoir, focusing on what's really important to you, what are the common themes you want to address 
and then focusing your story around those themes, whatever they are, is what, what really helped me when it came time for me to edit. That's great. Very good. Thank you. Thank you for that, Peter. Enjoy having you with us today. Next up, we have Pam Johnson. Hello. Hello, folks. Uh, good program here. I have to really think about this, <laughs> this, but anything, everything I write has to be for those who are young at heart, regardless of um, what age they are. And you have to look at it through those lens. And I think just writing uh, naturally and from my heart and looking at it in, in that perspective. I'm going to ask Cheryl and Jane to answer a key question. How can people begin writing memoir? Is somebody that says, oh, gee, yeah, I've been thinking about that a long time. Give us two brief suggestions of where to start. Jane, you're up first. From this program, they're really fun. They're really fun. It's a great, safe environment. You will get some good feedback. People are committed to everybody doing well and learning, but there also is strong suggestions. I've heard a few about the writing prompts. I just say start here, that writing magazine, which I've only looked at a couple times, but it is on BARD. It is really helpful. Go find things that matter to you. But then just simply say, I'm giving myself 10 minutes to write something. Um, And I encourage people, if they can, to create a place which when you're in it, people walk on by. They leave you alone. And for me, I have a a table in the room in the house where we now live. So I can go there and I have my computer there. I'll put some driftwood here and a couple of big rocks I have and a bell. Have things around you that help you to settle. Cheryl? I started the sister books with a poem. And I've done that with several different stories with my sister. Things are just going in my head. You know how that happens, Kathy. Mm-hmm. And I have to try and bring them down into something smaller. With the Cindy Sammy books, I started journaling. And then I was able to break that down into different sections. So now we want to open up broader base for questions in general that you might have for Jane in particular. Also, Cheryl, about their books of memoir and memoir in general. Carla, you may unmute. Hey, um, just a couple of questions. First of all, are these, uh, and I missed the very beginning of this because I had another class before this that I was teaching. Uh, two questions. First of all, are these available, these memoirs available on BARD? And if so, what numbers? And the other question I had is, I'm still a little fuzzy about the difference between autobiography and memoir. Regrettably, I think, Blind Sight, Come and See, which is the memoir that I wrote, is not on BARD. Minnesota State Services for the Blind does it, does have it on their files, and if approached, they can make a copy of it for you. And it's also available on Amazon. Well, that's right. In print. Yes. <laughs> Cheryl, where are your books available? Unfortunately, my books are not available at NLS Bard. However, if you want to request them, I own all the copyrights to my audiobooks. I would love to share my books on NLS Bard. They're available via Overdrive. 
If they're not on your library system, request them because they're in the database. They're also in the database for Barnes & Noble, Apple, and Google Play, wherever else you can get eBooks, you can find my books. The print books are available via me, as well as Amazon for large print, paperback, large print, hardcover, and large print on Barnes & Noble and other physical bookstores. If they're not in your bookstore, you can request them. And let's not forget, Writing Works Wonders Creative Writing Prompt Journal is available on Amazon in print and in ebook, and it's also available on Overdrive and the Barnes & Noble ebook system. Again, if it's not in your library for Overdrive, request it because it does show up. It's also available on Apple and everywhere else you can get ebooks. So there you have it, all the details about how to access these books. Yes, mm -hmm. we have several people with their hands up, actually. Let's go to Lisa G., and then we'll have Carol Mackey. Thank you. I would like to know, when you're writing a memoir and you're coming across a person who is in a negative light, how do you write about that in a way that would not offend them? Because in the memoir, it has to be truthful. So can you change names, or how do you handle when there's somebody who had an egg, some negative impact in the life? You have more leeway with memoir. Memoir can be the combination of fiction. It's not the autobiography. Memoir is engaging in some dialogue and fiction, and you have a disclaimer at the beginning of the book about the names and places, et cetera, et cetera. So there's basic disclaimers that you can copy and paste in there. That's what I've done with the children's books as well as the other memoir I did with Denise. And I want to add to that, if your writing memoir moves you to write the truth as you knew it and lived it, mm -hmm. and as you learned from it, uh, I wrote about an instance in which boys took things from me, and it was a very negative experience, and never mind all the details. But I came to understand that if they're offended, well, yay, maybe they're going to learn. I wrote it as truthfully and respectfully and as directly as I could. Go back to a question that Carla had, because it pertains here. An autobiography talks about a person's entire life. Whereas a memoir does not have to be the entire life. It can be sections right. of a life. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to talk about those negative parts or that particular instance, if it's going to be too negative for you to write it, or mm -hmm. if you don't want to confront with that individual. Or you can handle it in more of a blending with fiction. You have a lot more leeway, as Cheryl said. So it might be really helpful for people to pick up a couple of autobiographies. You can search for those, read those, and then read a couple of memoirs and say, oh, there's the difference. You'll pick up the pattern as to yeah. how different they are yeah. with that simple statement. Who's next, Chanel? Next, we have Carol Mackey. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, my question is, do you have a different approach? Do you feel differently or do you bring something different to the table when you sit down knowing I'm going to write a memoir? What I know is that humanly we are alike and different and our differences can bring us together. That's what I know. And uh, I don't know how other memoir writers feel about whatever it is they're going to write about. My suspicion 
is that they feel it's pretty important to write about it or they wouldn't do it. I can say with Denise, that was a year and a half in the making. For myself, I got stuck every time I thought, okay, I'm going to write my memoir. And there are many pages already started in a file. And then when I broke it down, even now, some of the things about some of the tough things that happened in my life, their poetry, their their freestyle poetry, I can call it because they're shorter. And then eventually I can see myself putting them together. It depends on where you're at and what's manageable for you. The best thing to do, and Kathy will, I'm going to get a super gold star for this, is to write an outline. Thank you. Woot, woot, woot. So Carol, I would answer that question because I've been working on a memoir on and off. And I've also written nonfiction. I've written fiction. To me, they are very different processes. I approach them differently. There's different creativity and fact-finding for each one. That'd be a very interesting episode to have on here. It'd be a much longer discussion. Good question. Next week, because we will be working on the short story as our topic, we will return to the vignette about the Jeep, and you will have 150 words to use as you write. And once again, it's a sunny day. Lucia and Kim were riding in a Jeep through the back roads of St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands when they came upon a group of goats standing in the middle of the road. Kim stopped the vehicle and... Now you have 150 words to take that in any direction you would like to take it. Cheryl, would you like to say <laughs> goodbye to folks as we Thanks, everybody. Thank you all for coming. We're so glad that you joined us each week. And thank you for being with us and the laughter and the joy. And we couldn't do this without all of you. Thank you so much, Jane, for being with us. So appreciate you and look forward to reading your book. We are so pleased that everybody's been with us here today. Thank you, Jane and Cheryl, for sharing your insight about memoir. Thank you to our audience for the fantastic participation and questions that they provided as well. Don't forget the new feature on our website. If you're a listener or participant in our podcast, you may post works that you have published. Share your name, the title of your work, and where you may find your work. Go to writingworkswonders.com and click Community Pubs, short for Community Publications. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate you being here. And for our listeners, don't miss next Friday, May 20th, The Art of the Short Story, Part 2. Another interactive workshop as we dig deeper into the discussion and work on an activity in that area. And May 27th is Memorial Day weekend. We will not be having a live Zoom call, but we will be providing a new pre-recorded episode on the feed. Be sure to visit writingworkswonders.com for these show notes, resources, and previous episodes. We look forward to being with you next time. Thank you for joining us today on Writing Works Wonders. Kathy and I are thrilled to spend time with you. A tap on that button that says subscribe so you will not miss our show. You can also tap on the link for writingworkswonders.com. It'll take you directly to all the show notes and information that we shared today. Then you can sign up to receive the Zoom link so that you can be live with us when we are recording. You can also contact us at info at writingworkswonders.com. Our phone number is 347 467 
We also have a donate button. All donations go to technical expenses that Kathy and I incur in order to keep this podcast going. Kathy and I want you to feel encouraged and inspired and know the wonder in writing. And until next time, our friends, keep on writing. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.